I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here on this Friday, and this is going to be, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. You know, we have we have a lot of um, ideas as to what ministry looks like. You know, a guy standing behind a pulpit, and yes, that is ministry. I love our pastors, love our local church. Uh, you know, sort of these parachurch organizations, ministries like Life Outreach International, where we're sharing the gospel and word and deed around the world. Yes, that is ministry. But God's a lot bigger than that. Uh, and I love it when someone takes kind of what they've done in life, what God's given them, the experiences they've had, both good and bad maybe, and, and they just roll into sharing the gospel as a part of sort of daily life and, and maybe kind of upping it a level to impact people. Uh, and, and that's exactly what today's guest has done. His name is Aaron Schwartzbart, and for 28 years, he was a rocket scientist. He worked in the space program. Uh, he's also a, a bit of a, um, a, a racing, a race car kind of guy, right? So he's a four-time champion race car driver, in fact. So what do you do with that to go into full-time ministry when you hear the call? Well, that's what you're going to hear today. Aaron, great to have you on Life Today Live. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Great to be here. So um, let, let's give people just a real quick kind of cap of, of what your ministry is now. And then I want to go back and see how you got here. Because to me, that's really the interesting part. Tell us yeah. what you do now. Yeah. As president and pastor of Motor Gospel Ministries, I compete in the John 316 race car throughout the Western United States. I'm a driving instructor at Backdrop. United States. I operate an anti-street racing campaign for the Los Angeles Police Department in cooperation with LA City government, uh, the media, and Hollywood, uh, and various sponsors. Uh, I do hospital visitation and grief counseling whenever drivers are hurt or killed. Uh, we have young people that have been arrested for street racing, sentenced by the courts to community service, consisting of their coming to the track, uh, whereas motorsports professionals humiliate them and teach them what real speed is. And consequently, street racing loses a lot of its luster for them. And I do uh, sidewalk evangelism on Friday nights at Granada Hills Grub Fest with, with loud rock and roll and Jesus. And then uh, very quiet, reverent uh, uh, Sabbath services on Saturday mornings with, with very soft acoustic piano, uh, reverence, contemplation, etc. I've been resisting uh, calls for me to run for office for many, many years, uh, but I, I think of myself more as a prophet than a king. I hope to inspire many others to run for office. Okay. okay. <laughs> that, that's quite, you're laughing because you know how kind of uh, unusual that is. And, and I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Um, so, okay, we're going to talk about. Oh, wait, one last thing. Sorry. One last thing. Just because that that's not zany enough. Um, I did after quitting the, the space program in 2012 to devote full time to the ministry. Uh, I got invited back. Uh, I got a very sweet offer uh, from Blue Origin. Uh, uh, as a consultant, I'm not. I don't believe God is calling me to quit the ministry. So I helped put William Shatner into space and bring him back alive. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got both both sides of that right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> that is that is just uh, that's that's wild. That's unusual. Okay, so I, I want to talk about the street racing problems in yes. your city. I want to talk about what you do at the track. 
yeah. and with your simulator and all the cool things. But first, let's go back just a touch. What did you do for 28 years in the space program? <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh. Um, I, I kind of laugh at it myself. Um, I, I became the world's expert over the course of uh, 28 years. I became the world's expert in playing with little coils of wire and little magnets uh, as applied to uh, liquid rocket engine turbo machinery. Uh, a liquid rocket engine, at least a turbo machinery fed liquid rocket engine, is basically an upside down funnel and you have some big pumps and one pump pumps gasoline, if you will. It's not really gasoline. It's it's liquid hydrogen or uh, RP1 or something. Uh, one pump pumps the fuel into the funnel and another pump pumps uh, oxygen into the funnel. Uh, there There is no oxygen out in space, so you can't just use a carburetor like on an automobile and pull it out of air. Um, and you light the you light that that fuel and that oxygen mixture and a big fire comes out the bottom of the upside down funnel and pushes stuff up like the space uh, space shuttle and astronauts and payloads and such well those turbo pumps that are pumping those propellants into that upside down funnel are a very heinous environment uh in which uh uh something has to take a licking and keep on ticking and work flawlessly plus 2500 degrees fahrenheit at one end minus 300 plus degrees fahrenheit at the other end uh, you know, it's a huge thermal gradient. It's like an ice cube next to a blowtorch. Uh, they're spinning 40 or 50,000 RPM uh, levels of vibration that are tantamount to having a jackhammer on your Rolex. And if your Rolex misses a beat, astronauts die Jeez. with your name on it. And while many people don't care about 700,000 babies that are murdered in this country a year, if, if you kill seven astronauts with your name on, on your device, uh, that's all over the evening news. So my area of specialty, uh, unplanned, I the, my my, my entire career is a, is a story of uh, the probabilistic nature of uh, career trajectory. Uh, none of this was carefully planned on my part. Um, my part of that story is playing with little coils of wire and little magnets, which are basically a child science project at about a seventh grade level, um, elevated to a very high degree because that little, you, you might think of that as the pad, the EKG pad on the chest of the person getting their EKG. That little pad has to work flawlessly in that punishing environment or astronauts die. And my, my claim to fame is developing that little pad to a, a, a very highly evolved uh, uh, level, uh, using the word pad figuratively, of course, not literally. And, and, and at the same time, are, were race cars just a hobby? Uh, race cars are a pathology. I, I came out of the womb. People think babies are innocent. I'm, I'm sorry to uh, disagree respectfully and lovingly. Uh, babies may be incapable of defending themselves. They may not have muscle and be able to make a fist or pull a trigger or anything, but God looks at the heart. He doesn't merely look at the external, your height or your muscle or anything like that. Uh, God looks at the heart of a baby that came out of the womb. You take 10 babies fresh from the womb and you give them nine toys and have amongst 10 babies and have God look at their hearts. Uh, he's gonna see greed, he's gonna see pride, he's gonna see materialism and lust and envy and unrighteous anger. Um, uh, I, I came out of the womb hardwired to be like a Ted Bundy or a Charles Manson every time I got a steering wheel in my hand, uh, pretty much from day one. Nobody taught me to be that way. I was criminally insane for the first 30 years. Um, so <laughs> I, I street raced and I, my daily commute was 90 miles an hour in 35 mile an hour surface street rush hour traffic. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I, I should have been dead or in prison many times over behind all that stuff. And that was a pathology. And then very much to everybody's surprise, I got born again at about the age of 30, about 30 years ago. Uh, I'm pushing 60 now. And uh, I've been using my pathological tendencies with the steering wheel for good instead of evil for, for a lot of years now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that that sounds harsh, but I hear you. I mean, we I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I see those guys, and it you, you just 
and I'm not a slow driver, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, so where did that come from? I mean, you, you, you say it came from birth, but I mean, that's, that's not normal, I don't think. Right. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't abused. I wasn't seduced into it. Uh, you know, there's, there's some component of who each of us is that's genetic, I think. And some, I'm a nuts and bolts guy, not a flesh and bones guy, but I think there's a lot of, uh, uh, solid evidence suggesting that there's some component of who we are that's genetic mm. and some component of who we are that's, yeah. that's based on experience. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. as far back as I remember, I was, I was, I was a sweet little kid. I was a mama's boy. I wasn't the mischievous little kid that was always plotting stuff, but I had a very dark side uh, from as far back as I can remember. It was like there was a little beast in a cage inside my heart. And every now and then somebody would forget to lock the cage and the beast would get out. And that's, I I don't think anybody seduced me into that. I honestly think I came out of the womb that way. Wow. So, so the phrase speed demon would apply. Oh man. (laughs) Literally and figuratively, I suspect. Oh my gosh. What, What, tell me about the racing part. What, what, where did you race that you were a champion? Oh, uh, so I have, uh, I'm up to five championships now. Okay. Um, I'm the current, uh, the 2021 uh, NASA SoCal TTU champion, uh, and we're competing for the 2022 championship as we speak. Um, uh, th- this form of the sport, I did NASCAR when I was a youngster in the early 90s uh, with hair. You got to use your imagination on the hair part. It was a long time ago. Um, but uh, uh, Motor Gospel Ministries was founded in 2001. And God brought us this John 316 car. He gave me a vision for something that didn't exist before. And it's a it's an American-powered uh, Porsche 914. Uh, Porsche 914, as you may be aware, is the poor man's Porsche. It was a, a bastardized collaboration between Porsche and Volkswagen to make a cheap Porsche uh, for every man. And it's mid-engined. It's a lower moment of inertia than their rear-engine flagship model, the 911, which was much more expensive and prestigious and appealed to the Porsche snobs because it wasn't polluted with Volkswagen blood. But (laughs) mid-engine is an inherently better uh, handling chassis than rear-engine. So they intentionally made it very underpowered as a marketing decision uh, with an anemic little Volkswagen motor, essentially, uh, so that people wouldn't buy it uh, if they could afford the flagship snobbish rear engine model with much more horsepower. Um, so we take that 914, it's a 50 year old Volkswagen, basically early seventies, uh, poor man's Porsche. And we put a big NASCAR motor in the middle of it instead of the anemic Volkswagen motor that it came with. And, you know, it does 180 miles an hour and it corners really hard and stuff for a tiny, tiny fraction of the cost of any kind of supercar. And in that, yes, sir. Is, is that the one I'm seeing in motorgospel.org? Uh, yes. Okay. I want to show that to people right there. Okay. So okay. there's the John 316 car. You, you might have seen it, especially if you're a race car guy. Uh, and that's that's motorgospel.org is a website for Motor Gospel Ministries. Um, but he, so here's my question because, I mean, <laughs> you this is, th- this is not the standard resume for someone who's in full time ministry. Right. What did God do in your life? to get you to where you're at? Oh man, uh, the answer to that would take eight hours to list hundreds and hundreds of things, but I'll, I'll give you a, just a, a select few. You know, 20 years ago, I came to believe that God told me to put John 316 on the side of a race car. And I, I was a relatively newer Christian, totally on fire evangelist from the, from day one, the instant I got saved, you couldn't shut me up about Jesus. <laughs> I was like the little girl that saw John, Paul, George, and Ringo on the Ed Sullivan show in 1967, you know, 
beads of sweat formed on my upper lip and my eyes rolled into the back of my eye sockets and and i was i was in love and and the whole world knew it and um to that end i i believed i got a vision from from god to put john 316 on the side of a race car and mature seasoned christians that wanted nothing but the best for me told me don't do it that will never work that's too flagrant you're going to offend people with that big huge cross on the hood i had the car in the colors of the christian flag you know purple field with a scarlet cross um and uh, uh, fortunately, I listened to God instead of listening to people. I was told that they would never let that car on on the track in California with Jesus saves on the on the trunk, big enough to read from a helicopter, you know, <laughs> a, a thousand yards up or whatever. Um, and and I was told that by uh, a man who was an expert at Porsche racing. I took the the 914 to him when we first built it to get his advice on on what what we should do to it before it ever hit the track. And he said, first thing you have to do is take that name off of that trunk. That they NASCAR, those good old boys. He he mocked the the, the Bible Belt racers, but he said uh, the the Porsche folks out here in in California will not allow that car on track with that name on there. And I took the car to the track, knowing that. This man who was the the expert in this form of the sport told me they will not let you race. I did not take the car, the name off the car. I took the car off the, the track with, uh, with uh, the markings on it that I believed God told me to put on it. And uh, praying the whole way, not being sure, yeah. you know, yeah. they take you up in a ride at an amusement park um, and like a parachute ride and they hold you there for an agonizing couple of seconds and then they drop you like a rock. You don't know whether you're going to scream like a woman or not until you've been in that situation. You you might think like Peter thought he would never deny Jesus. You don't know what you're going to do to your to your situation. I prayed the whole way there that if they told me I had to take the name off the car, I prayed that I would love Jesus enough to turn around and go home and not take the name off the car. But I didn't know till I got there whether whether I would in fact uh, what I was going to do. I, I I prayed that I loved him more than I loved racing. But I wasn't really confident. I wasn't really sure. If they told me you have to take the name off the car, I was open to the possibility that I would be seduced by that and 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 take his name off the car. Well, as it happened, I got there after praying the the whole way there that I loved him enough to not take the name off the car. And the the man in charge of the series in which I was competing came over and kind of leered down at me. He was a much taller guy than I. He kind of leered down at me and looked at the cross on my suit and said, "What is that? Are you a, like a racer for Jesus or something?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And he didn't say anything. He frowned and he walked away, but they let me race. Later, he called me up and said, Aaron, I'm a stealth Christian. It's my job to use my position of influence in the racing world to open doors for flagrant guys like you. You bring your car, you bring your Bibles and your tracks, and you set up a table anytime you want to at any of our events. Oh, That's, that's one of a hundred things that God has done to get me to where I am today. So, so how many times have been, has that car been on the track now? Over the years. Um, count. That's it's yeah, right. That car that he said would that guy said would never be on the track. It's been on every track in California for twenty years, five championships. Um, it's been seen on international television, uh Sky News and, and CBS and ABC and Fox and all them, um uh uh by millions of people. That that car that he said would never gonna get on track has been it's 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 uh it's a brand basically. People don't know me, they know my driving suit, they know my car. I love it. Uh, I love it. And so here's the here's the bigger question because that I mean that's that's very cool. It's a great story, right? Uh, and and a great uh, act of faith and obedience on your part. In, even when you know you don't know what the outcome will be, right, right? What has been the impact on other people? Which is really, 
our calling, right? God did yeah. a great work for you, but what about yeah. others? Oh, where do we begin? Um, a, a, a very, uh, I, that, that one has hundreds of answers uh, that would take eight hours, but I'll just, I'll pick a few. A very high ranking uh, police officer who will remain nameless uh, was seeking a big promotion uh, and he was much bigger fish in the pond than I, you know, the LAPD is a secular uh, paramilitary organization of 10,000 foot soldiers and a, a, a chief and a few assistant chiefs and stuff like that. They're, they're very much into um, the uh, chain of command and all that. I'm, I'm like a, a, a Mr. Rogers or a Miley Cyrus or somebody by their standards. I, I don't, I lack any of their discipline. Uh, I say anything I want to anytime I want to. The people with the badge and the gun, they have the power to use lethal force, the authority to use lethal force, but they don't have freedom of speech. They, they can't say some of the stuff that I can say as a just a, an unpaid volunteer for the LAPD. Um, this very high ranking official who could squash me like a bug, um, you know, who gives me table scraps or crumbs, you know, as he has time, he's very busy. Uh, that's not a criticism at all. I, I recognize my place in all this. Um, a little prophet, the king can listen to me or the king can decapitate me if, if he wants to. This high-ranking official had his wife come to me and ask if I would help him get a promotion. Um, they, they, he wanted my, my endorsement, and, and I'm like nobody. Um, uh, they, I, I, I really believe my unwillingness to compromise and my trusting God for this, this very unusual call, even when mature Christians told me, don't do this, I think that's given me uh, 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 an influence, appropriate influence, not not a political, deceitful kind of power grab, appropriate influence, kind of like Billy Graham had in the White House with people who could squash him like a bug with no governmental authority. Um, and I think it's conspicuously related to my, my obedience to the Lord's unusual call. Uh, so that's one. Uh, countless kids that have come to us in handcuffs and, um, you know, as soon as we take them to the track, Every one of these kids swaggers in thinking they know how to drive. Everybody thinks they know how to drive for the first five minutes. We put them out on the track with, with hardened criminals like myself, with motorsports professionals, you know, like myself. And that kid is the slowest person on the track. And he or she is in everybody's way, very badly embarrassed. Uh, they, they, they get over the, the, uh, the, the myth that they know how to drive is dispelled very quickly. And we don't even have to shake a finger at them or tell them don't street race. They get the message. You can see it in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that influence happened many times. Yes, sir. For, for clarity. So a lot of these kids, these, these, you went before I get what city council or something, um, yes, and suggested that these kids that are endangering others and themselves by street racing and not just driving fast in traffic, we're talking drag racing down some, you know, some main strips, we're talking doing the, the circles with the crowds yep. around, which we, you know, yep. we saw, I think we saw that yep. during the, uh, the riots of 20, 2020 yep. going on a lot. Um, that's very common now where you, where you live. Yep. So you're taking these kids and the courts are telling them, here's one of your options, go see this guy. And you take yep. them out on the track, show them that they're yep. not the hot shot they think they are. Um, right. and then they meet a guy like you who was them yes. you know for so many years yes I, i'm guessing this is just a natural um for the most part as much as they're able to sort of wake up moment and respect that, that yes. they have because they kind of love what you love but they yep. see somebody who knows how to do it right yes what does that do natural for those kids? is the word for it very very well said natural organic it's it's not contrived getting them to sign some 
insincere commitment to never drive fast again. We, we don't even have to do any of that. They just, they, they get it. Where does the gospel come into this? Because you don't compromise. Right. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, we can spend a lot of time on this. I've spent a lot of time on this over 20 years, uh, me and the Lord together, obviously. Um, I, I wrote a theology book called No Hidden Agenda that has the John 316 car on the front cover. And that in that theology book, I spent eight years in a seminary. And, and I say this not facetiously. I, I humbly and honestly search the scriptures with no preconceived notions to see whether the God of the Bible was a God of sincerity. I was well familiar with the idea that, that God says, thou shalt not bear false witness. But I know plenty of people, even Christians, that can be insincere in their hearts, uh, even while avoiding bearing false witness. So I devoted eight years of, of research in the seminary, which ultimately culminated in this little paperback theology book, to searching the scriptures with an open mind to see if it's good enough to, to avoid bearing false witness, or whether God also would want us to be sincere. And I ended up concluding with, with boatloads of scripture to uh, support this conclusion that, that God cares passionately about sincerity, not just avoidance of bearing false witness, but sincerity in our hearts and our motives and such. And as a result, a whole bunch of evangelistic efforts by well-intentioned people, I think, are, are not pleasing to God because they rely on insincerity. They invite somebody to a Super Bowl party. They claim it's to a Super Bowl party, but like a, mm -hmm. like an MLS uh, pyramid you know, scammer or something like that, they really have an ulterior motive. Perhaps a very noble ulterior motive to get people to go to heaven instead of hell, but it's still an ulterior motive. It's, it's not sincere to do such a thing. So in our anti-street racing campaign, where I end up on this balance in this somewhat gray area, because I believe I serve a God that cares passionately about sincerity, and because I believe I serve a God that doesn't want me hiding him in the fine print anywhere I go 24 seven. Um, he doesn't want me to behave as though I'm ashamed of him anywhere I go. Um, where I end up on that balance is if people are sent by the courts to our anti-street racing program, the content and the message is 100% anti-street racing. There's neither implicit nor explicit pressure of any sort whatsoever for those kids to be involved in anything religious. We don't pray before the meetings. We don't ask them to pray. We don't give them Bibles or uh, anything like that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I have a cross on my chest, two feet tall. My car says Jesus saves and John 3:16 on it. Um, anytime it comes up in the conversation, uh, I identify myself as a Jesus freak. If like, if there was any doubt about it or something like that. So I liken it to a hell's angel going into a bar, um, uh, with a sincere motive of quenching his thirst with a beer. Um, he's not there on a recruitment mission. He's, he's sincerely there just to drink a beer because he's thirsty, but don't ask him to take off his colors. You're going to have a problem if you, if you ask him to uh, act like he's ashamed of, of his affiliation with the, with the Hells Angels. Wait, okay, so what are in that analogy, which are you? You're the Hells Angel? Or right, you? yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing Jesus colors 24-7. I'm not going to take them off for anybody. Okay. If, if somebody wants to belly up to the bar with me and talk about street racing, uh, the, the beer would be like the street racing in that context. Okay. If if the only thing we have in common is this this little hoodlum endangered some people, and I have the keys to making this hoodlum uh, not a danger to the community, and potentially even giving this hoodlum a rewarding career in, in racing if he, or if he or she is willing to turn legit. Hmm. If that is the only content of our conversation, I'm completely cool with that. And I don't put any pressure on him or her to act like a Christian if he or she is not born again. Um, but 
he or she better not stifle my being who I am in Christ. So I won't go so far as to take off my colors or if I go to before city council or the LAPD or Hollywood liberal elite, anywhere I go, I'm the Jesus freak in the room and everybody knows that even though um, the conversation, the, the message is different than my identity, the message in that context, if the context is uh, advertised as being street racing, yeah. the message is all about racing, not all about Jesus. Yeah. I'm not a verse. Yeah. So I'll say one more thing because Christians have been begging me for years to change that MO. They don't, they don't get my passion for sincerity that says, if the kids are sentenced to come and talk about street racing, I want to keep it about street racing in the message. So they're saying, no, dude, you got to get the Bible in there. You have a great opportunity for evangelism. And I'm, all, I'm very evangelistic. I'm extremely evangelistic when it's time for evangelism on Friday nights on the sidewalk. And I don't take the John 316 off the car anywhere I go, but I am willing to, to satisfy those Christians that wish I would mix more. I'm willing to have a third kind of event besides obvious church events and street racing, non-religious benevolent street racing events. I'm willing to have a third kind of event, which is a Christian racing night with a Bible study and uh, driving instruction, all this. I'm, I'm not averse to mixing the two if yeah. that's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's interesting. Congratulations on being the first guest on Life Today to ever compare themselves as a minister to a hell's angel. That's Thank never you, happened. sir. Never <laughs> happened before. Um, and I, I, I think I, I, I kind of get it because, you know, we, at Life Outreach International, we, we do a lot of, like, feeding overseas, especially sub-Saharan Africa, we're feeding like 350,000 children a day. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't make them pray before they eat their food. Uh, we don't do any kind of, you know, religious test or whatever, but we go in as Christians giving them the food that they need. Yes. And it's not a, it's not a coercion. If they say, if they reject Christ entirely, they get a bowl of food, <laughs> you know? So yes. I, I, I can, I can see, I can see that. Um, I That's do real compassion. That's not a ploy. It's not a bait and switch. It's not an advertisement. It's compassion. Yeah. Okay. And see now, now I, I think that gets to the root of it. Um, when, when you're saying I'm going to serve a desperately needed uh, need in our community, which is to deal with street racing, because I know the, the average person just kind of flips out when these guys come down the street, right? You know, yeah. Um, and they they cause accidents. Uh, yes. You know, they hurt themselves, their friends, and innocent people. We all want this to go away. So by addressing that need in your community in an effective way, um, I think that is an act of compassion. Uh, and and you don't hide your beliefs, but right. you don't. You you don't compel, right? And that that's 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 interesting. I, I I something resonates with me on that. I do have a question for you. Okay. How many of these kids, or how many people in the community that know you as the race car guy, um, but they see you as the giant cross on your suit right, guy, right, and John three sixteen right. on the car, and Jesus saves on right. the trunk? Right. How many of them? open the conversation themselves uh about jesus oh plenty it, it it's it's you you used a very good word natural natural or organic or whatever you know when it's real relationship and when people know that it's not a bait and switch and you are who you say you are you are who you say you are when you're just talking about racing you are who you say you are when you're talking about jesus um uh plenty of them tend to get intrigued by that uh without any 
I, I, I don't know. It seems to me to be the most obvious thing in the world. None of us likes being lied to, but then we go and we try and get elected or we try and save souls or we do whatever. And, and we slide, not me, but <laughs> plenty, plenty of people with good intentions slide into doing deceitful things to try and sell something or win somebody or get the vote or whatever like that, even though they themselves, they don't like somebody disingenuous. They don't like a two-faced politician. They don't like, they don't like being lied to. So when, when people see that, Hey, we met for five minutes and then we spent a weekend together. Now we spent a year together. Now we spent a decade together. And this guy is always who he says he is. And he ain't chasing me and trying to sell me nothing. He ain't asking for a donation or anything like that. Um, uh, they, they, they do tend to get kind of intrigued by that. And, and we've had plenty of conversations. I've even had people who aren't, uh, you know, they didn't come and ask me about our faith and they didn't get saved, but they, they say things like, Aaron, I'm so glad you're here at the track doing the chapel service on Sunday mornings. I'm never there cause I'm always hung over from Saturday night. And, uh, but it just, it just makes me feel good knowing that there's somebody here who cares about us doing this kind of thing. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. This is, yeah. This is interesting, and you know, I, I um, it's it can be easy for us in the church to start nitpicking each other. You know, we really want to get that 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 speck out of your eye. Yeah, I I think one there's there's grace. So if you know somebody's not doing it perfectly, God's mm-hmm. okay with that. He looks on the heart, you know. And yes. and when yes. I see someone like like you who is passionately pursuing God, um. I just think it's cool, and I commend you for it. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Excuse me. I do want to ask you real quick before I let you go, because uh, we we I've shown the website motorgospel.org, which is sort of a just a you know landing page for to get in touch right. with you or kind of see some right. general things about the the ministry out there. But right. for the day to day things that are going on, different events, um, more recent postings, you got a Facebook page. And yes, that's, sir. That's under your name at Aaron Schwartzbart, correct? Yes. Okay. What are you? What's going on now? What are some of the current things you're doing? Oh man, <laughs> um, an unsolicited. Uh, one of the unusual things about our ministry, and I even have well-intentioned Christians, and I agree with you. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm I'm picking on everybody else that's trying to do evangelism with Super Bowl parties and stuff. I do think God recognizes, you know, good intent stuff like that, and we're all a work in progress. Um, uh, but uh, uh, I had at least one person tell me, don't say this, Aaron, because it sounds like a, a, a disingenuous grab for money. But I'm sorry, I am who I am. I'm a very sincere guy. And if people can't 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 believe that there's somebody as sincere as me, um, that's kind of not my problem. Uh, we, at Motor, we at Motor Gospel Ministries never ask for donations. God told me 30 years ago, don't ask for handouts. You just invest whatever I give you to invest. And uh, he's he's more than confirmed that many, many ways. We've never asked for a donation in 30 years. We do what we can afford to do with what he gives us. And uh, and that is not an insincere uh, uh, ploy for getting people to give us donations. I sincerely mean we don't ask. Um, uh, there's no other message there. Uh, I'm, I'm just trusting God for that. And uh, uh, about six months ago, uh, a very affluent total stranger made an unsolicited donation of 197 mile an hour Corvette race car to Motor Gospel Ministries. He gave us everything except the motor that propelled the car to 197 miles an hour. So uh, we went looking for a motor for this donated Corvette. Uh, This Corvette, we already have one uh, fully caged black and white police pursuit vehicle, uh, co-branded Crown Vic, 
uh, full cage co-branded with LAPD and Motor Gospel Ministries and the light bar and all that. And we use that for anti-street racing activities. We let the cops borrow it to drag race against the illegal street racers legally at the track. Uh, under, under court orders, street racers are sentenced to race against the cops in Motor Gospel Ministries police car. And uh, so this Corvette is going to get black and white branding like our Crown Vic. Uh, and a light bar and all that stuff on top. And we're still deciding whether it's going to be California Highway Patrol or LAPD. But that's that's a work in progress, fast and furious, no pun. We went looking for a motor for that Corvette, and we found an extremely unlikely NASCAR motor, much more sophisticated than anything that we would normally be able to afford um, affordably. The guy was practically giving it away. And uh, Dan, that sounded too good to be true, but the motor had a seal of approval from a very trusted friend of mine from NASCAR. So... It all happened very quickly, but that motor seemed uh, so fast and so good that we decided to put that in the John 316 car, mm. and we're taking the motor out of the John 316 car and putting it in the donated Corvette that's going to end up black and white with LAPD or CHP uh, branding. So that's one of the things that's going on behind the scenes right now. Um, getting ready for the next race three week, uh, three weekends from now. Um, we are teaching after-school auto shop at LAPD Rampart Division and LAPD uh, Van Nuys Division, and we're now going to be expanding the auto shop program to the um, uh, Foothill Division. Uh, so that's in the works. And we actually take the simulator with us to the police station in addition to taking the race cars and the tools and all that stuff. All, all these poor preachers preaching their message and believing God for a f- nice car, and you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that crazy? Uh, that, that's God. That's God. That's God. Here's, that's God. here's what I want people to hear. Uh, and because, I mean, you you are unusual in the dynamic of ministry and, and your background and personality and all that. And that's, that's the beauty. Like I said at the beginning, God wants to use us where we're at. He has given yes. us things that we may, you thought your need for speed was not of God. And, and right. certainly anything we're given can go either direction so yes. the question is will you give what you've got over to the lord and let him utilize it in such a way as to glorify him so here's your formula if you want a formula out of all this for you guys that are watching learn to hear the voice of the shepherd that's that's what aaron did and studying the word studying the bible and his personal spiritual growth learn to hear the voice of the shepherd and obey that's it and it's going to look all sorts of different ways. Uh, and for Aaron, it you better look quick because it's going by fast. So. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's been well, thank, fun. Yeah, well, same here. I've enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, out there, you guys watching, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to bring like a, a wide range of things to so you can see all that God's doing in, in people's lives. And, and this is just fun. So appreciate you guys hanging out. Next week we've got a lot of a lot of fun interviews, uh, a lot of some deep, some difficult interviews. We're gonna we're gonna hit it all. If you haven't uh, followed or liked Judy, you have a great weekend too. Appreciate you guys being here live. Uh, hit share, hit subscribe, hit follow, um, whatever you hit, depending on where you're at, because uh, we are on on all sorts of different platforms, and we invite you to like and share on, on across the platforms in case one goes away. Twitter looks good these days, but some yes. of the others, you never know. Uh, And come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.